Well, the January WASDE report was released this week on Thursday, and as we always say, if USDA is going to deliver a surprise, that won't be a surprise. And if they don't deliver a surprise, that too will be a surprise. So no surprise, USDA gave us a surprise, which is, again, not a surprise. But the surprise was surprising. Did you follow all of that? Coley and Kavanaugh coming up next to explain. The guy's weekly visit is brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And, of course, the Farm Bureau pretty busy right now because there's such a lot on their plate. Not just here locally, but in Washington, D.C. as well. You know, with the Farm Bill coming up here this next year, they are going to be busy for a long time. And then this WASDE thing back again? Ah, Farm Bureau is very busy with that as well. Your membership makes all of that possible. So support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Simply go online to it pays to be a member.org. Well, first of all, understand that since I get the honor of moderating the first seminar at the Fort Wayne Farm Show with Coley and Kavanaugh as usual next Tuesday morning at 10, we're not going to go into all the details of what this will mean to the marketing strategies. So we're going to start with the numbers, David. And then after that, I want to have John explain the conversation he and I had right after the report about the surprise and what that's all about. But David, kick it off for us with the numbers. Yeah. And let's look really close at these harvested numbers because they're a big surprise. They took the harvested numbers down 1.6 million acres to 79.2. That's a that's a big number drop on the Yield, though, they increased it in a bushel per acre to 173.4. So we still had a smaller corn crop because they cut the acres. It was 13.730 down 200 million bushels. So that was quite a surprise to me. Now, on the soybeans, that also had big, big changes, bigger than corn. They had that down on the harvested acreage to 86.385. Yeah, look how much more of the beans were harvested than the corn. That was minus 300. On the yield, that was supposed to be up. Everybody said the bean yield is going to go up. No, they had 49.5. Everybody said it would be 50 plus. That was minus 700 acres. And on the production, that was minus 60 million bushels to 4276. So things changed dramatically in this report. Now, a lot of it's minutiae. It's not something that really stands out and you know hits you in the face. But I'll tell you what, these numbers going forward would be really critical to our price action for the corn and soybeans. Okay, John, right after the report came out, I'm sitting here looking at the numbers of going. But and yet, I got to call John. I called you on the phone, and both of us are doing the same thing, scratching our heads going, what are they talking about? Well, it was a shocker. Now, how many times have we said that the, the, one of the biggest reports of the year is the January crop report, which gives you the final production numbers, and it also gives you uh, the stocks projections, the latest S&D, and it also gives you the December 1 stocks and all positions. And going into this report, nobody was expecting much of a surprise. No. The trade was expecting a bearish report, frankly. No. They looked for production to be steady, but they looked for uh, demand to go down, therefore the stocks to increase, and therefore to be a lot neutral to bearish report. And we got a shocker. And I still can't quite figure it out because the biggest shock of all was the fewer acres. They cut back the corn acres by 1.6 million and they cut back uh, soybean acres by 300,000. I don't know where they came up with that. I think that much of a variation in acres. It doesn't show up until January. David said, and I think he's probably right, that they were probably just trying to balance the numbers to agree with the September stocks estimate. It was way off base. So they're just juggling numbers. Is that what's going on? I don't mm. know. But I can tell you this. The numbers came out. As David said, production was lower. They dropped the projected stocks were therefore lower for both corn and soybeans. 
The corn number at 1.242 billion. Remember, 1.2 billion, you're out of corn. Yeah. Uh, beans, not quite as tight at 210 million. Uh, we don't run out of beans till around 150, somewhere in that vicinity. That just tells us that the numbers are still very, very <laughs> tight. They're bullish. The overall crop is decidedly bullish. Well, and yeah, one of the other things is, obviously, when you're dealing with the USDA, a little bit on the fluid side as well. So talk about the numbers, and I don't want to you know, wander off into something that we're going to talk about at the Fort Wayne Farm Show, but do these numbers indicate maybe favoring more corn acres next year? Absolutely. As I said, we're, we're close to running out of corn, so we have no room for air. If we have any kind of a crop problem in South America, we're already having a problem in Argentina. Brazil is doing really great. Argentina has got its worst drought in 60 years. The market's going to be very focused on the South American weather, as it always is, to the balance of the winter. And then we switch to the planning in the U.S. But the numbers are very clear. We're kind of tight on beans, but we have relatively more beans than we do corn. We need to buy more corn acres. The ratio currently is 2.32. That's the corn-bean ratio, which favors soybeans. That ratio has got to change. Uh, we have to see. I think we're going to keep corn prices strong. And frankly, it also means that soybean prices are going to have to come up too to a certain amount. David, do you have your projections on that? I sure do. And let's throw something extra in here. I want to talk Tuesday about the supply to ending stocks ratio. 8.93 on the corn. That's very, very, very tight. Whoa, the tightest whoa. we've seen in a long, long time. Go back to 2013, it was 9.17. But on the beans, we're down to 4.82 on the supply demand ratio. This is huge, folks. So what do I think the national uh, value is for the corn and beans? The USDA has it at 92 billion on the corn. Okay, fair enough. I think it's going to go to 94 and a half. Now, what does that mean price-wise? You've got to come to the farm show. Oh, now, you I'm big tease. I know it. I had to. Beans at $60 billion. Oh, come on. I think it'll be $65 billion worth on national value on soybeans. That's ridiculously low. So what is that worth nationally? Just wait and see. That's my surprise. Okay. So, John, does this report give us any indications whatsoever regarding ethanol first and then maybe the other oils, the soybean and palm oil? Any indications in this report that suggest anything for those? Well, let's put it this way. Ethanol, the, the trade was actually thinking the USDA would reduce their projected ethanol use, but they didn't. They left it unchanged. They did take down forms for feed usage, and they did reduce exports by 150 million and that was no surprise because we we said this before but corn export sales are not doing well at all it's still coming out of brazil and that's yeah. kind of shocked the market now when it comes to soybean oil and palm oil all i can say there is is demand for those two commodities is going to be strong and everything suggested with the relatively tight supplies and the fact that we, even though the ratio's got to adjust, the corn may be high enough, it's still going to pull soybeans up. And I think that is, is uh, the projections right now hmm. are for soybean oil prices and palm oil prices to go higher in the coming year. Oh. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on that. David, we got some interesting news this week on wheat. I think, you oh, yeah. know, a bit of a surprise since most people really don't think of India when we think of wheat. We, no. we just don't think of that. Well, you know, let's make a comparison. Australia had really wet weather to this year, and they were expecting the wheat crop to be very poor. And guys, they got 42 million metric tons for their wheat crop. My goodness gracious, that's a record for them. But India, how about them? 112 million metric tons of wheat in 
India? Like, how could it be that much? But I'll tell you what. Yes, if you can grow wheat, everybody's growing it because of the situation with Ukraine and Russia at this point. And by the way, Russia has the wheat area as much as five to 10 degrees below zero with no Hmm. snow cover. So if you Uh want to talk about frost heave, you're going to get it. Yeah. So, David, circling back to a subject we talked about before, beef prices, holding at those higher levels that we reported on before. But interesting, David, to see pork fall this past week, as I believe you alluded to, uh, I think, in your Tuesday report on WoWo. Yes. And let me elaborate on that just a little bit. Pork prices have dropped, and I said this might be a good offset to the higher beef prices. But the hog numbers were supposed to be dropping because there was a backlog of hogs that came about in uh, December, and they're all anticipating this. But you know what? They dropped much more than expected. But everybody was loading up on pork. And they were trying to put as much in the freezer as they could. That pushed the pork prices up. But then all of a sudden, when they were killing fewer than expected hogs because they didn't see the backlog come in, the pork prices actually fell. Oops, we got too much in the freezer. We got to move it. So that pressured the market down. It's interesting how when you look at supply and demand, you think, boy, we got the supply figured out. All of a sudden, the demand smacks you in the face. Yeah, well, you know, and I know it's not barbecue season, but I love pork ribs. Like I said before, we're doing uh, sort of a, a mini version today with regard to the January WASDE report because we got a lot of details to share with you at the Fort Wayne Farm Show. That is the first seminar at the Farm Show next Tuesday, right after it opens. Doors open at 9 o'clock. That first seminar is at 10 a.m. with Coley and Kavanaugh breaking down the entire January WASDE report. All right. I don't know how we're going to deal with you wanting the last word at the Farm Show next week, Kavanaugh, but for now, I guess you still get it. The final word. Well, the final word is a lot of correction and stuff to keep saying Coley and Kavanaugh, but it's actually Kavanaugh and Coley. <laughs> I'll put in a word with the boss, see if we can't get that changed. <laughs> okay, the last word today is the weather in La Nina versus El Nino, and it's kind of interesting that Noah came out just recently that the current La Nina this year has been the strongest in, in the history of recorded weather, and 2022, the average temperature was the hottest in recorded history. What that suggests is that 2023, therefore, is projected to also be a very hot year. And as David has pointed out, what's happening is is El Nino is going to change to an El Nino, and El Nino for the United States does suggest a hot summer. So given everything we've just talked about, you start talking about the possibility of reduced yields, and we have no room for error, folks, so that's going to help bring underlying support to the markets. Thanks, guys. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau, and the Farm Bureau is fully engaged in a lot of different issues right now. The waters of the U.S., the Biden EPA came out with their new regulation. They didn't wait for the Sackett decision out of the Supreme Court, and boy, that just got everybody all twisted up. Farm Bureau is working on that very hard. And I've got news for you. They are not going to let this go by without a fight. If it's going to affect farming, you can bet the Farm Bureau is going to be on it. Your membership makes all that happen. So support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Simply go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.